We played Glastonbury. I was just looking at this massive crowd and everybody's got like flags yeah. and banners and things. And in the middle of it all, there was somebody had a big banner that said, Wenger out. Wenger out at Glastonbury. I won a, a training session with Santi Cazola. Oh, wow. Hey. So I flew to Munich. Bayern came out and just ripped <laughs> Arsenal to pieces. Hello, I'm David Vianic. And I'm Spex Gonzalez. And this is Stripped, brought to you by William Hill. In this show, we talk to celebrity guests as we get nostalgic looking back at retro football shirts that made us fall in love with the game. That is right, our guests pick four shirts that tell the story of their life. The first one, the haunted one, the unforgettable one, and the named one. Man, today's guest, boy, Oof. he's a rock and roll hall of famer. The lead guitarist for the Foo Fighters. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Chris Schifflet! Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love coming on um, other people's shows because, mm -hmm. you know, I do a podcast myself. I love not having to prepare <laughs> any questions. <laughs> and I love being on shows that aren't like music focused because yeah. it's just fun to talk about anything else. Of course. Well, for me, I mean, you are the first rock star mm. I've ever spoke to. Same. Wow. So well, yeah, I, ho I hope I don't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a privilege. Of course. Well, this is Stripped. You know, it's a show where we, we get nostalgic. We talk about football shirts. Um, we start off with the, the first one. That is right. This is the, the first shirt you've chosen. You know, mm -hmm. everybody has that one football shirt that made them fall in love with the game uh, you know, of, of football slash soccer. And um, <laughs> you have picked the Arsenal 1997 home shirt. Yes! It's the JVC Jovka. Arsenal. Awesome. Arsenal, a classic shirt, nice white collar, red down the center, white sleeves. Uh, the older badge as well, a bit more classic in mm -hmm. general. And it's an absolute yeah. beauty, but what made you pick the shirt, Chris? Well, I see, I should have worn the shirt. I actually have the replica version hanging in my closet right now. So I should have put that on for, for the interview if I had thought this out a little better. That's all right. Um, but yeah, that's like, you know, that to me, that's that's like the classic strip, you know. Um, I I kind of sort of half got, like, you, you got to understand, like, I grew up in California. We didn't know anything about football. We knew some of the names, you know, of, of of some of the famous teams, but like it was, it wasn't on TV when I was growing up. It wasn't like something that was that you ever saw any coverage of. I mean, you'd hear about like World Cup. There was like a soccer league they tried to start in the late seventies in America that kind of happened for a little while. You know, Pele was played in it, sort of towards the end of his career, and and so there was that moment. But other than that, it was just something that like everybody did when I was a kid, but nobody knew much about. And so, you know, when I was a little bit older, I, I read like in the early 90s, I read that Johnny Rotten, Johnny Lydon um, autobiography uh, that he put out in the early 90s. And he, and he talks a lot about being an Arsenal fan. And it just sounded cool. You know, it's like, like, like I, I was kind of turned on to it to the whole thing through rock and roll really and punk rock especially you know always had like kind of an affiliate like you'd see these bands from from the uk and they'd be wearing the different strips and scarves mm -hmm. and there was all that it was sort of tied in with with football culture and it just seemed like this cool kind of exotic thing that, that we didn't have here and so when I read that book and, and Johnny Rotten talked about being an Arsenal fan, I just thought, you know, okay, that, that'd be my team. You know? <laughs> and then the first time I went to England, I don't remember where I bought the jersey, um, or I'm sorry, the strip. Uh, you can say jersey. You can say, but, you can say jersey. Jersey, right? shirt, kit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> does, any, does anybody call it a jersey over there? It's like, it's yeah. like they, like in America, yeah. we call it like soccer cleats, and then you guys call them like football boots or whatever. You know, there's all yeah, these like yeah. little distinctions. Oh, we always say shirt or kit. Yeah. Kit. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. I, so I bought a shirt when I was there. I could. I could dig up some old photos of that. No use for name. I used to be in the, before I was in the Foo Fighters, I was in a band called No Use for a Name, and, and we went over uh, on tour to Europe and we did some shows in the UK and I, and I bought my first Arsenal strip on that run. And I have a picture of it somewhere and it, and that's, you know, basically why I chose the JVC one. Cause it's that shirt, you know, even though I bought like some cheap crummy replica version of it, <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, like, uh, uh, that was like, um, would have been around like 1997. And while we were in London, I actually went to my first football game ever. And the singer in our band, his parents were, were English. And I think his dad was a Derby County supporter or something. So we actually went to see Derby County play Tottenham in London at White Hart Lane. And like, I didn't even understand the, the, like, you know, I didn't know the Tottenham. I didn't know anything about the game really. You know what I mean? I didn't know any, all those little, like the rivalries and and all that Mm. stuff. So I didn't put that together until later. Like, oh, that's kind of ironic that my first actual live match was at White Hart Lane you know? and I'm an Arsenal supporter. It's good that you never wore your shirt because that, that wouldn't have been... <laughs> not, imagine that. Wouldn't have I know, good. right? I, I'm pretty sure I got the shirt afterwards. At some point, so that would have been really funny if I was like the American guy with a you know, thing of fish and chips and a beer like, hey guys, what, why are you chasing me? What did you think of um, London when you when you first arrived and especially like, even Tottenham as an area? I mean, it's, they've got a new stadium now. I don't know if you've... Well, that's where he lives. Yeah. That's where I live right yeah. next to the stadium now. What did you uh, think okay. of, of just London? It's so and, funny because... Yeah, I I grew up such an Anglophile, you know, uh, with in, you know with with British culture kind of surrounding rock and roll, you know, like so many of my favorite bands came from England, um, and mm. and so I just had that obsession. Then we also grew up like watching like the Benny Hill Show and Monty Python, yeah, and all the yeah, stuff yeah. that were like sort of like um, you know like like sort of perverted takes on 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 british culture and all that stuff and so i had like i i didn't know it it took me a few times going over there to really like for like song lyrics and things and reference points culturally to to begin to make sense like it after being there a few times like i started to make sense of like you know jam records and lyrics and stuff that Mm. that they had so um but yeah like in those days I remember we got into London. This was way before I was in the Foo Fighters, so it was kind of at a different level. And we just stayed at some hotel in some nondescript neighborhood that I can't even remember where we were. And just it just seemed like you were like it was London's so big, and and it's it was so hard to figure out and navigate and figure out where to go. And I think we went to like Carnaby Street and maybe went to the Merc and bought some, you know, bought like a Fred Perry and some things that you couldn't get in America, you know, at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, my mind was blown, especially I remember going to that first game and taking the the the, um, the tube there and like everybody in the train station. You know, I remember getting out and walking through the train and just it was just like a sea of white shirts, you know, and mm. walking out onto the street. And, you know, we don't really have that thing here of like big stadiums kind of in in residential neighborhoods the way it is in in a lot of the uk especially those old stadiums you know um and so that whole thing it just felt like you know i don't know just the streets were just poor like you know everybody was it was just to see a white and people were walking down the street and were buying beers and and like i said buying fish and chips and just (laughs) kind of soaking it all in it was it was fun man it was mind-blowing for sure I'm going to ask you a, a hard question here. I mean, was there any football players you remember? Whether it was for Arsenal or... Well, I remember from, I remember from that game, I remember uh, David Ginola. David Ooh. Ginola? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, but, but around that time, you know, by the time when I first ever went to an Arsenal game would have been a little bit later, and that would have been after I joined the Foo Fighters. I joined the Foo Fighters in 99, mm-hmm. And probably went to the first um, Arsenal game I ever went to, probably like 2000, 2001. Um, there was a, a guy who's a good friend of mine uh, at the time, worked at our label, and he was a, or is a, a, an Arsenal supporter, and he had season tickets, and he took me to a few games. And it's funny because I did this other football po- podcast recently. And I and I was asking my friend Richard. I was like, "What what games did we go to?" And neither of us could remember. <laughs> no. So I know I saw them in that era, you know, of like you know, yeah. through in and around the sort of invincible era when things were really rolling. But I was just really only paying attention, kind of when I would be over there, and and still not really like watching it closely. And I and even when I really tried to start paying attention. I just I I hadn't grown grown up with it, so it took me. It felt like it took me a long time to even just kind of begin to understand the game and and mm. and how it all works, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And it, was, it was really a little bit later, like probably 2012, mm. 2013, that I really dug into it and like, like it, it took hold. You know, before mm. that, it was almost just more like it was about the strip. You know, it was like yeah. a, it was like almost like just like a, a fashion accessory, That's what or it, like it? fashion and experience yeah. rather than, than the actual game and exactly. the results and and all sorts. Yeah. Is there a player sitting there I mean, and we're hearing everybody singing along mm. and you got a beer in your hand and it's just that like it's really like it's like rock and roll, you know. I mean it's it, those yeah. football games over there yeah. feel like like you're at a, a rock and roll show. I say it's like it's almost like a religion. You know, yeah. you've got the stadium, like a church, yeah. you've got the yeah, songs. Yeah, sure. It feels like that sometimes. Yeah. Is there a player then, I mean, later on, would you say, do you have like a favorite Arsenal player that, that you were drawn to? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. I mean, obviously, you know, you got like Thierry Henry, Ooh. you know, through that time, and Tony Adams, and like mm. you know, all the cats that were around Vieira, and like you know, just that whole period. Um, mm. uh, but the one that always that when when I get asked that question, the one that always sticks out to me is is Santi Cazola, because Santi I, I actually, yeah, because I won at a at a fundraiser at the Emirates. I won a. Um, in a in an auction i won a, a training session with santi crisola oh wow and then came back like the next season and brought my kids and he trained my kids out at um colney sick and uh and then we went to go see watford the next day and or went to go see them play watford the next day and they crushed them like four nil it was great <laughs> fantastic so that's a really happy memory you know that's that is is uh no doubt the most time i ever spent in the presence of an actual Arsenal yeah, Santi, Santi's a great player. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, one of Arsenal's yeah. technical greats. Like no one, him, it's out of him and Burkamp, they say. Mm. Mm. Did you train yourself as well? Like in, the, in a session or was it just your kids? No, just my kids. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a little like, I don't know, be a little awkward if he was training me. I was too yeah. Did you meet any other players, Chris? Yeah, man. I, I met um, at, at, at that, I remember El Nenny. Walk came through yep. and uh, stopped and said hi to my kids. That was cool. But I had already met Petr Cech. Mm. Well, at the at the at the fundraiser thing that I went to, I kind of met like you know just in passing. Like you know, Giroud was on the team then. Sanchez. I remember like kind of like accosting Sanchez as he was like going. And I was coming out of the bathroom and he was going in. My eyes like bugged out of my head. I was like, "Hey, man!" And he just he looked at me like, "Hey, dude, I'm just trying to go to the bathroom." Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but. Somewhere around all that time, we Foo Fighters played a, a, a charity show over there, and Petr Cech came to the show, mm. and he was in his final season at um, at Chelsea, Chelsea yep. at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was just excited to meet him. He's a legend. Um, and then the very next season, he came to Arsenal, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> well, I've I got, finally got an in. <laughs> I've got an in." <laughs> and he's he's he you know he's a drummer actually mm, and he's yeah. he's oh, been out to a bunch yeah. of Foo Fighters shows over right. the years. Chex loves music, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, moved yeah. to Arsenal's because of you. Exactly, that's right. <laughs> I put the bug in his ear. Yeah, I, I put I put the whole deal together. Ah, oh, that's wicked. I willed it to happen. Peter Chex, I didn't know Peter Chex a drummer. Yeah, mate. I think I interviewed him ages ago. Yeah, he's a really for like goalkeepers. I mean, they have a reputation uh, in the sport of being a bit more quirky, a bit more on the outside, mm-hmm. a bit more into you know different types of hobbies than your outfield players. I, uh, I mean, I can relate. I was a goalkeeper myself at a younger age, and yeah, we're just yeah. a bit, you know, we're a bit out there a little bit. <laughs> He's yeah. a goalie. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was kind of funny that like uh, Petr Cech and and I met Thomas Rosicki at that mm. fundraiser thing, and. Only the Eastern Europeans know who the rock bands are. Like all the other young players were like, you know, they're like into what, you know, house music or something. I don't know what they're into, you know, like like pop music or something. Yeah. They're just like, who's this old guy? But like the Eastern Europeans are like, yes, rock. We love the rock and roll. Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, very true. Well, yeah, Arsenal, man. It's, it is a great club and yeah, one of the more heavily supported clubs, I'd say, in, in London. Yeah, well, it's, it's so back. nice, like, you know, mm-hmm. Things have obviously been, you know, we've been through like kind of this this extended, you know, kind of rough patch for a while, especially since Wenger left and and at the end of his time there. So it's so nice. Like it's the it's the interesting thing with with football. Like I'm also a boxing fan and in boxing, 
when your favorite mm-hmm. fighter gets old, it's over. You know, there's no mm-hmm. rebuild. Mm-hmm. But in football and, and other sports, you know, you, your team goes through these ebbs and flows, and it's it's it feels like a nice time to be an Arsenal fan right now. Yeah. You know, there's a real sense of optimism there. Things are going well, and they're playing great, and they've had a great transfer season, and you know, all the new guys seem to be slotting in really well. I don't know. It just feels like the first. I just went to a game at the Emirates a couple of weeks ago when I was when I was in London. And saw them play Villa, and it was it was just it just felt so good in the stadium, man. People were just singing and cheering, and really up for it. I was there actually. It was a two-one win, I think. I think it was a last-minute winner. Or am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I was there for that one. Sorry, because he goes to a lot of games. He goes to a lot football. of like World Cups. He's he's like a rock and roll of football. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I think yeah. we, we both are. I feel like I'm the drummer and you're the guitarist. Yeah, I'm the guitarist. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's our that's our vibe, definitely. The unforgettable one. Yeah, this is your second second shirt mm-hmm. that you have picked uh, for us. It is the 1996-97 St. Pauli home kit. Obviously, mm. St. Pauli, uh, iconic club, but this shirt, it's uh, sponsored by Roish. The sponsor is Boklunda. I'm not sure what that is. I reckon that's yogurt. Mm. Do you reckon Boklunda is a yogurt? I think it's yogurt, yeah. Ooh, let me have a guess. Boklunda. I'm going to go for chocolate. Chocolate. Chris, what do you, what do you think of Boklunda think is? The producer behind the camera is going to look up what Boklunda <laughs> is. Chris, yeah. have a guess? I think... Uh, Chocolate yogurt sounds about right. Yeah. I think it wasn't one of their uh, one of their strips, oh. um, <laughs> like a dark brown. So there you go. You know, we found Where out what it? it was. It's a, it's a sausage. Oh, well, there it's you a go. Sausage, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, sausage. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. It's, it's St. Pauli was, was an easy choice because, and again, this goes back to the fashion accessory thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody in punk rock bands and rock and roll bands buys a St. Pauli uh, strip at some point because mm-hmm. the freaking logo is the skull and crossbones. It's mm. like I, they're probably the most heavily merchandised team that nobody actually supports or knows anything about. Like, it, I mean, like I I have never followed them, but I've probably had twenty St. Pauli strips over or T-shirts, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of um, you know the years that I've that I've toured over there. Yeah, but I mean, as a club, it's it's. I feel like it, it's. Yeah, apart from obviously the the logo itself, it does have an, an ethos, you could say, of, of rock and roll. It is you know very liberal. It's against the yeah. establishment. It's known to be a lot yeah. more political than other clubs, and yeah. you know it doesn't really reach the Bundesliga. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know they've been there a few times, mm-hmm. but there is that sort of I don't know. It's out there. It is mm-hmm. niche, mm-hmm. but there is a cult. Should I say like a cult following of, of the club, and yeah, it really does fit that rock and roll vibe. Yeah, it's it's funny. I remember. Um... I don't know exactly how this happened, but I remember the promoter at one of our shows over there years ago maybe heard that I was a St. Pauli uh, supporter or something or saw that I was wearing the T-shirt, something like that, and actually arranged for a couple of their players to come down and, like, you know, give me a give me a strip and, nice. like, say hello and everything. And I, it was, like, it was so awkward because I didn't, I don't actually know anything about the club. Like I don't thought I didn't know who they were. I had to like kind of pretend, oh man, how are you guys doing this season? Great, awesome, you know, cool. Keeping keep going, you know. Like I just I it was like it really like put me on the spot. That'd be like us wearing a Dodgers baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like it looks cool. Exactly. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know anything about baseball. I mean, St. Pulley is, is is not new to me. I remember Arsenal had a a Japanese player called Ryo Miyashi, who was one of the fastest players at Arsenal. And he ended up be, uh, we ended up sending uh, Rieshi to St. Pauli, and he stayed there for seven years. Mm. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There's there's the it's connection. There's a connection and right there. That's why I wear their their strips. Yeah, and the punk. <laughs> I'm just reading my script in, in the 80s. The punks. Apparently, lots of punks mm-hmm. went to support St. Pauli as well because of this. Exactly. Of, there's a real these. like uh, punk rock connection yeah, to St. Pauli, yeah, yeah. but I'm sure that that stems not just from their you know, anti-elitist ways, but from uh, from the skull and crossbones. But, you know, as, as the shirt that, that we've got here, you know, it's very nice, the stripes, black and white, you know, red as well. Red's stripes a big part so of the club. nostalgic, stripes. Stripes is nostalgic, yeah, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. Like old school kits always had a that, decent stripes. And, you know, yeah. apart from the sausage But really, well. to, to be fair, like the, the St. Pauli item that you really want is not so much the strip, it's the T-shirt. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, the black the shirt, isn't it? T-shirt. Yeah. Skull and crossbones. Or, and, or, or the uh, patch for your denim jacket, you know, that's mm. also good. Big, big, big yeah. vibes. Um, but you played football as well, right? Like when you were younger, you, you enjoyed kicking ball. I played at the sort of youth league level okay. growing up. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, in California, we have this thing called AYSO. It's like American Youth Soccer Organization. Like I said, everybody played it when I was a kid. So um, I played it until literally until I started playing guitar, which I never put that connection together until people uh, asked me about it. But as soon as I started playing guitar and really got into music and going to shows and just sort of dove more into that. I stopped doing any athletic stuff. So I never really, and I, and I came to realize once I had kids of my own that you don't really become a, um, you know, at that age, it's kind of like, it's like a, um, it's like a swarm of bees, you know, mm. that wherever the ball goes, every single kid on the pitch <laughs> just chases it around. Yeah. You know what I mean? That thing. <laughs> it it doesn't really turn into football until around seventh or eighth mm. grade, you know, mm. when think people are like actually holding their position and, some strategy comes into it and all that sort of thing, which I realized watching my own kids play. I was like, God, I always wondered, I played growing up, but I'm so terrible now when I go play in pickup games and just have like no football IQ at all, it seems. Um, and then I figured it out. I watching my own kids. I was like, they started to really get, it started to become football when they were, you know, once they hit those teenage years, you know? Mm, so that, that damn rock and roll got me sidetracked <laughs> from my, you know, footballing ways so Chris you, I mean you've been in a lot of bands how did you end up in the Foo Fighters um I was playing yeah I was in this band called No Use for a Name mm -hmm. um in the mid to late 90s and um and making records and doing like punk rock tours and stuff and uh um I got a call one day from Foo Fighters tour manager Gus who's still our tour manager saying that um that they were having uh, auditions in LA and um and asked me if I wanted to come out and audition and of course I jumped at the chance and went and, and just went and auditioned and 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 wound up getting the gig you know it was wild so, I didn't have any any uh connection to them socially or anything I'd never really met the guys in the band prior to that and it was just like just one of those fateful wonderful things that it you know can't even explain why I got the gig exactly. You know, a lot of people tried out, but uh, I wound up getting the gig, and and I've been here ever since. That's like football transfers, isn't it? It's mm. like, oh, you get a call from the manager, mm. like, come try out. Yeah. Did, they, did, they, did they put in a bid? Yeah. Did they put in a bid, like, this is your contract? <laughs> there there was no bid. I took whatever terms they offered. So the terms, me. you signed the terms. <laughs> there, was, there was no negotiation. I was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, great, okay, I'm there. Where do, where, where do I need to sign? Great. Here, boom. <laughs> and you were in and were you a fan of the Foo Fighters a bit beforehand or were you mm -hmm. sort of absolutely yeah you yeah. know at, at that time they, they, they had two records out mm. I mean when that first Foo Fighter record came out I think for me and it, it seemed like everybody that I was around that record was like an explosion you know like it was Dave coming out of Nirvana Nirvana had been such a massive band mm. that just kind of changed everything musically and when that ended, for him to come out, step out from behind the drum set and make such a great record um, and then go out and, and just own it and be, become that front man and, and lead the band. I don't know. It was like really a powerful, powerful thing to be a fan of. Like, I don't know why. Like, there was something about it that like it just it, it all, like, I don't know. They, it impacted me more than a lot of the other you know big bands mm -hmm. at that time mm -hmm. uh, you just felt like you, you're rooting for them you know what i mean it's such an unlikely thing for somebody to step out from behind the drums after being in such a successful band and then go on to have success as a songwriter a singer a band leader you know all that stuff of their own it just it almost you know there's like um, i don't know that there's any other example <laughs> exactly of that happening you know maybe genesis would be the one that you could point to but there aren't many people that have done what, what Dave has done uh, in that way. So, yeah, I was a fan. Well, this is an unforgettable shirt. And, you know, you guys have played at some big football stadiums. Mm. I have a list here, in fact. I've got the Macarena Stadium in Rio. <laughs> Macarena. Macarena. 
Maracana? Maracana, but let's go oh, Macarena. We'll go Macarena. Macarena. Yeah, we'll go Macarena. We'll keep it Macarena. We'll go to Macarena Stadium in Rio, which is the uh, Maracana. The Cape Town Stadium in South Africa, Wembley Stadium, the Etihad, Stadium of Light. I mean, that's the Sunderland. That was my, my yeah, team before. Classic. What, oh, really? Yeah, what stands out? What, what, like, tell me the thing that stood out for you. Oh, man. I mean, there's been, there's been a bunch. I mean, of course, Wembley. It's like, that's kind of like on your dream list of venues you would ever want to play just from all the, of course, all the footballing moments and, and, but also things like Queen playing all that stuff that it's just such an iconic place, you know? So that's, that's probably the most memorable, but we've had some crazy nights. We played down, I remember we played in, in Buenos Aires and I, and I cannot remember if it was where uh, river uh, plate or, um, or, um, Boca Juniors mm-hmm. play, and we played this crazy gig a few years ago that was like people were like jumping over the fences to get in. It was just like totally raucous, and the weather was crazy, and it was like be raining, and then it would be like you know steam coming off the crowd. It just had this real ominous quality to it. And at one point, the power went out oh, in God. the whole place. Just the power just goes boop, and like you know that that happens from time to time when you're playing these shows, where all of a sudden it goes from you know crazy lights and loud music and then it just all goes just goes quiet and you can just kind of barely hear the drums playing and while that happened they or when that happened they turned on the floodlights like the stadium floodlights which just made gave it this crazy like you know i I don't know it just looked like something in a post-apocalyptic movie or something (laughs) people just going nuts and i remember dave um went out and just sang with the crowd and kind of kept the spirit going. And then at a certain point it came back on and it just was one of those crazy nights, you know, where it, where it all could have gone pretty sideways, you know, but, uh, but I don't know. We, we kept it going. That is, that's crazy. Like the crowd just singing in the, cause this happened to me. I've, I've, cause I'm a DJ. I've DJed in a club before where uh, it's, we've had a power cut and um, people started booing me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not in control of it. I don't put, yeah, like, you've seen this place. I'm listening to DJ, but to have the right, crowd like you just... did it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not me. I'm a British power. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to go after the engineer that's at like the uh, you know. He's right there in the fuse boxes. They're, they're going to drag the musicians from the stage and you know beat them to. I've uh, watched this video uh, online where this like Russian guy. He's watching a club partying. What's the song? All I need. Is your love tonight? And, I go, and the song's playing in the background. Oh, and he's singing. He goes, all I need. And then he goes, <laughs> so he says something in Russian, like, Kurova, da, da, da. and he just switches off the power from across the river. And then this party, just boom, shuts out. And they're like, Mula! And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, Maybe it was that guy. Maybe he was there. Yeah, maybe he was there, really. It could have been. He just goes <laughs> around, been. buys plane tickets to like, different locations and That's shuts right. down power. <laughs> Imagine that as, yeah. as your hobby. That would be a great TikTok niche. If he started a TikTok channel, yeah. I reckon he'd blow up. You know, it's a crazy thing from all these years of playing, like, um, you know, like what you, we played, like like you said, the Eddie Had and mm. Stadium Light and all these places and uh, and all all these different ones down South America and and then all the other sports arenas and stuff that we've played all over the States that, you know, where basketball teams and baseball teams and hockey teams play. So I have, like an insane collection of strips shirts from all these different sports teams. So that has been like, not like a real dream, but something I've thought about from time to time. When I get older, I need to open up a sports bar and just decorate the whole thing with strips. I'll be there. Cause I have like all these different sports teams with my, and they always put like your name on the back and then, you know, give you one. It's great. My garage is full of them. No, have you counted? No, but I, I do need to catalog it at some point. I mean, I'm not kidding. I must have a hundred of them. Oh, you know, from, from amazing! Years. Yeah, that's more than you. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've got around two hundred. Oh, you got two hundred? Yeah, I've got like modern ones, old ones, yeah. a bit of a mix of everything. But right. I'm, I'm also yeah, a kit yeah. fanatic. Oh, mate, if I saw your, you'd have to keep me away from your garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'd be in there with my Frankfurt, uh, just loving it. Just... Yeah. Oh, and that's not even counting all the all the Arsenal strips I've I've collected over the years. You know that. Every time they put a new one out, I wind up buying it, you know? Yeah, you have to. You have to, you have to buy your club shirt. You I, think, I, mean? I think Chris has got the most yeah. shirts out of all the guests we've had. I think because Rio said he's got... Rio's got a lot of shirts. Yeah, but I think, I think Chris got more. 
Yeah. Well, I, I would bet Rio has more football shirts. A lot of my shirts are yeah. like basketball, baseball, oh, cool. hockey, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Have college you got... sports, because we play a lot of college, uh, you know, college right. arenas. And the, stuff. Your college sports are crazy. You get like full arenas yeah. of, of, like, it, oh, that, yeah. that stuff to me is still mind blowing. Thousands of thousands, the huge stadiums for kids. That's it's, crazy. it's just like, it's just insane to us. But they got a, you got a, yeah. they got a space. They got a space. They got a space here. But they've got fans as well. Mm. There's a fanaticism. I mean, I guess like like college soccer isn't a big thing over there because all those top guys go pro before that, mm. right? Definitely, yeah. They, they all come up in, 15, an, in an academy 16. somewhere yeah. or something. Different, different dynamic um, here. And hey, uh, as as a total aside, um, I, I you can't help uh, but notice that um, what's his name, Todd Bully, that took over one of the guys that took over Chelsea had that uh, controversial comment this week about like what how the premier league needs to have like a like an all-star game we should have an all-star <laughs> game no legit I yeah I, like, what, like i that's it's, it seems like um i'm pro that's a terrible idea but like do, do you think that people would like that i think people are just being a bit too stuck in their ways personally i would do it i think it's great what, what, what? i don't remember an all-star game no, there was never a Premier League All Star game. Was that? Was that? Could you do All Star on a computer game or something? Maybe on a computer was it FIFA ninety five. It's funny because it it bothers me. I don't really, to be honest, nothing against the MLS, but like mm. as an Arsenal fan, I really only have time to follow one team, so I don't mm. really follow any other leagues or any other teams. I don't really follow the MLS, but mm. um, it has always kind of annoyed me that they have the playoff system. Like we don't have relegation over here, but we, but which I think would be cool if we did. Um, but I think in an effort to make it more like palatable and sellable to American sports fans, they have like the, uh, the playoff system mm. like most sports do over here. And that I, I always kind of annoyed me because I got mm. into football. I got into premier league football first. So I'm like used to that, mm. um, you know, ranking system. You know, you just play the games and whoever's that's got it. the most points, that's the champ. Whereas over here, we have the team going into the the playoffs could be miles ahead, but then ultimately they're not the champion because they had a bad night against, you know, some other team. Yeah, I don't know. I just, they, that never appealed to me. Yeah, interesting. So you're more of like a, a purist, fo football purist. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't per se want a all-star game. I'm kind of neither here nor there with that. Mm. Like, I, I don't wouldn't want to see the guys on Arsenal have to play any additional games. You know what mm. I mean? Fair. Just because then it's more risk of injury and you know congestion yeah. and all that sort of thing. But um, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me. But I guess like the thing that would maybe be the most off putting about it is the potential like um, s establishing some sort of precedent of sort of Americanizing the sport, which I wouldn't want to. I, you know, I don't, I, I started following it the way that it is and I don't, maybe I'm just a stick in the mud, but I like it that way. So I don't want to see it. I don't want to see that part of it change, you know? Well, Chris, this next shirt now, I mean, Fuge, hmm. I think you should intro this because this already is haunting me already, man. Oh, Spectres <laughs> have bad memories of this oh, one. Man. This is a Bayern Munich kit, the haunted one. Um, and yeah, apparently you were on tour in Munich and Arsenal yeah. were playing Bayern Champions League same time. And then um, you went to the game. Yep. I did. I did. We were on tour over there. I wasn't actually in Munich, but I had a day off oh. on the day of the game. So I flew to Munich, went to the game. And if you recall, Arsenal had shockingly beat uh, Bayern in the first leg of that um, Champions League, um, whatever they were in. Emirates, yep. Uh, beat them like 2-0 or something at the Emirates. So this was the second game. And um, and I was excited and uh, went to the game, got tickets through my friend at, at the club. So I was in like the Arsenal supporter section. But I was literally on the edge where it turns like, you know, three people over. It becomes mm -hmm. the, the Bayern section. And Bayern came out and just ripped <laughs> Arsenal to pieces. I mean, just uh, annihilated them. It was... Honest to God, it remains to this day maybe one of the fastest games of football I, I recall ever. Like seeing them in person, I just remember Douglas Costa just looked like Ooh, a blur. Yeah. He was just moving, just <laughs> just slicing and dicing, and just annihilating him. And the whole Arsenal section was just dead quiet. And every time Bayern scored, the of the whole 
Allianz Arena would just go completely ape. Um, so it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a sad night. That battering was like three years in a row. Every time Arsenal got by in, in a draw, we just knew, oh my, here That's we it, go. it's over. Here we go. It's over. When I, I, mean, I mean, five won three times in a row. Was That was the start of my breakup with Arsene Wenger. Mm. That was when it was like, you know what, Wenger? You know, Instagram was kind of new. We had Facebook. I was doing videos. Vine. Vine, uh, MSN. I was doing videos of just like Arsene Wenger out, mm. out, out, out. And people thought I was crazy, but that was the start of my meltdown. I remember yeah. we, we played Glastonbury. Um, oh, oh, what a festival. I don't remember what year it was, but you, it was oh. around the end of, of Wenger's time there. Were you at that show? No, you know what? I wasn't. I only went to Glastonbury for the first time ever this year. And I. I Oh, okay. I had, well, this was my first time ever going. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the most legendary festival over is. there. And, and we've only ever played it the one time. And that's the only time I've ever been there. But I remember it was at, towards the end of, of, of Wenger's time. And you're looking at it. I was just looking at this massive crowd. And everybody's got, like, flags yeah. and banners and things. And it's sort of, and they say all kinds of different stuff, you know. And in the middle of it all, there was somebody had a big banner that said Wenger out. Oh. <laughs> Wenger out at Glastonbury. Yeah, That's amazing. Yes. People are creative with their flag. How did how did you react to that? Like on stage? Did you did you want to just get the mic and be like, hey you, Wenger out of flag. What are you doing? <laughs> I just had a quiet chuckle to myself. Oh. Like even here. Okay. Oh that is amazing. You know it'd know, be sick yeah. if someone actually bought Wenger out at Glastonbury. Oh, like get him oh, out. Get him out. Like Wenger out and he just comes out. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Oh, I, man. I tell you what, I I got to meet Wenger a couple times at, oh, that, wow. at that fundraiser thing at, at the Emirates. I got to meet him and 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 um have a little chit chat with him. And then when I when I went back and took my wife and kids there, I have a great picture of me and my wife and kids with Wenger. My wife. And, um, <laughs> I wanna say that was maybe I don't know when that was, 2017, 2016, something like that. Yeah. Has it, has it calmed down, like the rock star life? Has it calmed down that like you're, you're sort of, you know, more mature now? Um, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I got married about, I don't know, 20, almost 20 years ago. And oh, we started just having kids pretty much <laughs> right off the... Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a long time. No, no, no yeah. congratulations needed. Um, but yeah, like once we sort of uh, started having kids, like my whole mm. life just flipped on its head. Like I used to be... One of those people that slept till noon every day and stayed oh, yeah. out all night and you know lived that life for a very long Playing time. And then, um, yeah, and then and then when you when you have kids, all of a sudden you're you're up at five thirty, you know, mm. entertaining them with Legos and building <laughs> blocks and whatnot. Uh, Specs has kids. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm thinking about it. Like the more I'm around children, yeah. I'm sort of like, it does look like they are the meaning of existence. As I'm thinking. A hundred percent. As I'm contemplating, like, what gives joy? I'm like, yeah. well, you know, getting likes on Instagram and, you know, having potatoes. It's cool. <laughs> but yeah, there's something about children. Then you can, well, then you can post pictures of your kids to get likes on Instagram. See, that's how you, that's how you <laughs> tie it all together. Yeah. 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 There oh, is, I mean, start. I really honestly like, like it's, it's a funny thing because you just, having kids is this the weird thing that you really, it's like cliche, but you just can't understand it until you do it. So it's a big shift. Because everything that you think about having kids is based on how you view other people's kids. And it's just like, it's never the same. It's just so different when it's your kid, mm. you know? All right, okay. I need to yeah. sort out it's my candidate. You'll find all the cliches turn, become true. It's just like ah. every, one cliche after another. You're like, it's a miracle. Oh, God. Oh, God, stop it. You're getting me broody here. <laughs> oh, on a, on a, on a, it's 5.56 on a, on a Friday evening <laughs> on strip. <laughs> I mean, that to me, that sounds like you've got an evening of opportunity to go that make a baby. It's you true. Know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That yeah. is true, but... You know what That's I mean? Right. Let's let's not. I don't know. I need to sort out the candidates. Well, look. Yeah, let's go back to the back to the football. Back to the football. Go back to the football. Um, are there any haunted players though from mm. Arsenal that, that sort of haunt you a little bit? Haunted players, or the ones that played against Every Arsenal, time, like someone that you're like, oh, that person. Well, it's smashed. Well, the there's haunted players. Yeah, well, the one that always comes to mind, the haunted players uh, that played against Arsenal. Um, I I don't know why, because I he's probably not even the 
the biggest candidate, but Diego Costa. I just always oh, remember yeah. him being That's like a, a boogeyman. Yeah. He's a back in the Prem, you know, yeah. by the way. He's like 42. I know. I saw Crazy. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? He go to Wolves or something? Yeah, Wolves. Yeah, yeah. I remember him drawing a red, like getting a, an Arsenal player. Can't remember who it was to take the bait where he just kept provoking him, and eventually the guy got red card. I just remember the look on Costa Fe. He just had this mm. little smirk, like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's got him, you again." He eats raw meat. Yeah. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, raw steak. I, yeah, I not even cooked. I don't. Straight out of the packet. Hopefully, he doesn't haunt us again. Mm. As as far as our own players go, I'd say anytime I um, uh, buy a jersey with a player's name on it. That's a sure, um, you know, they are sure to like uh, just completely fall apart immediately because I have an Obama Yang jersey no. in my in my closet, and I also have a Sanchez one. Oh. So, and I think I had an Ozil one too. Oh. Sanchez, Ozil, and Obama. Those are all the, the jerseys that I had, and they all immediately, um, you know, fell out. So we need yeah. you to stop putting names of players yeah. on the back of the jersey, or put the really bad ones on yeah. so they can leave. <laughs> yeah well check out my mustafi jersey <laughs> we're talking about names and jerseys no yeah. specs i think oh, yeah. let's go into the last one yeah the let's go one. on the named one the one player you would have in the back of your shirt well this is the arsenal home kit 2000 2002 and you went with tony adams on the back wow yeah tony adams legend um kind of like uh a great like uh he really embodies that that sort of like that the old school um british footballer kind of vibe you know hard man super skilled comes out of that like uh hard hard charging hard partying tradition but you know mm. now he's like got a together i don't know i can kind of i can relate to it. i read his book like in the interest of full disclosure i got sober a long time ago and so there's something about Tony Adams' story that uh, that just kind of resonates with me, you know. What a legend. He's clearly been through it. Yeah. Gives you like a depth of, I don't know, character maybe when you go through stuff. It's all yeah. wide, larger understanding of the world and, and life. That's why yeah. I really liked him. Um, like, I wanted Rob Holding to do really well at Arsenal. Because mm. for me, he kind of reminds me of Tony Adams. I always like tweet him about Rob Holding and how much I like him. But everyone's like specs. Please leave it. We've got Gabriel. Mm. Did you watch the um, mm. All or Nothing uh, well, um, series? I, All or Nothing is, yeah, one of the worst documentaries I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, Chris. I'll, I'm telling everyone. Specs hates it. I, I don't know. It. He hates uh, it. I watched it. Yeah, I watched really? it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I had a little trepidation going into watching it because it was about last season. And we all know how last season ended and it was mm -hmm. a heartbreaker. So I, I kind of didn't want to relive that. But, um, but I actually enjoyed a lot of it. And I thought that Rob Holding in particular just came off as such a likable guy. Yeah. He just seemed yeah. like the, the, you know, the kind of guy you'd, you'd, you'd want to go like sit and have lunch with or something. He yeah. just seemed cool. Is there a player you, you would like to do that with? Like, have that, that I wouldn't like to do that, that with. That, that you would. That you, maybe you could do both, but oh, that I would. Yeah, you're like I love oh, to meet yeah, him and have a little chin while I have some ratatouille or something. Absolutely, man. Like, um, I mean, Tierney for sure. Oh. Um, Gabriel Jesus oh, just looks yeah, like a guy like mm. enjoying his football. I don't know. He seems like he'd be fun to uh, to see what he's all about. You know, a Saliba. You know? Saliba, yeah, he finally. Good. Coming through, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I'll be interested. They're looking good. Arsenal looking good. The only thing is, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to stay away from it right now because my Arsenal friends are already saying we're top of the league. That's the thing about our fans; we get too excited too quickly. Mm. Yes. Like, okay. Let me. Yes. Let me. Uh, uh, let me stay quiet. Even though we're going to finish second, let me just, <laughs> you know, just relax. Yeah. Well, it's it's tough because you know the one thing that Arsenal hasn't had for you know many many seasons now is consistency and mm. and it's that hard thing of like when they go on a good run and then lose games that you really feel like they should be winning um and i so i know what you mean it's like you don't want to get ahead of yourself but things when you've sort of factored the preseason that was great in with the way they've started the season feels really good i i mean it was it sort of put me in my place a little bit when they lost to Man United the other weekend. Yeah, that, you yeah. know, it's kind of like, all <laughs> right, too. all right, all right. This is going to happen, you know what I mean? But, like, I felt like they, 
it seemed like that was a game that you expected them to win, and, mm-hmm. and they didn't. I didn't watch the game, but I was driving to the airport, um, leaving London, and and we had it on in, in the audio on in the car, and and then I was following the scoreline. So it's like moments like that, you know. Of course, they're gonna they're, they're gonna lose games. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Every team loses games, and Man United seems like they kind of at least for a moment they got their shit together. So. I don't know. It's tough. I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's such a weird season with the World Cup being smack dab in the middle of it. Sorry, if we win a league, um, we have to meet and celebrate together. Mm. Whether it's next year. Yeah, we'll get William Hill to get you a flight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. They haven't agreed to this yet, yeah. but if we put it on camera, yes. just put it out there, you know? They have to. Manifestation. Right? Deepak yeah. Chopra, let's yeah. go, baby. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be back over there at some point. So yeah. when we when oh. we are, yeah, yes. we've got to all go to, uh, go to the Emirates and, and go sing loudly. As Arsenal fans, I know me and you have experienced the emotional times, especially winning FA Cups at Wembley. Yeah. I mean... Home of football. Home of football. You performed at Wembley. You did a fantastic yep. tribute to your friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, the video went viral of his son, Shane, yeah. playing yep. the drums. Just talk to him about how emotional that was. Really, really emotional. And almost, for me, more emotional kind of after the fact, the next morning, waking up and kind of reflecting on it. Because during the day, you know, on the day and throughout the show, I tried to just kind of like put my head down, f- focus on what we were doing, remember, you know, um, uh, just think about like the songs that we were going to play and, and all the different um, changes and all the different people that we were backing up. I, I, that's kind of how I dealt with it, you know, by trying to sort of compartmentalize things and, and, um, and just kind of, yeah, like put my head down and get through it. But after the fact, you know, it's, it's when it kind of hits you, you know, when you see how... Uh, the fans reacted to it, you know, not only in the, in the stadium, but like, you know, all over the world. Cause we live streamed it out. So yeah, you know, I mean, obviously terrible, uh, circumstance, but a beautiful show, you know, and, a, a I thought a, a beautiful tribute, you know? Mm. I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, and that, like you said, not even just the people at the concert, but even people who watched the video afterwards kind of drawn into that. Yeah, it's a moment, isn't it? It's just yeah. a moment that. Yeah. It seems like entertainment, you know, yeah. can really, it can have some really bad experiences mm-hmm. in it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think, you know, front sure. facing when you've got so much people around mm-hmm. you, you've got all the success, all the eyes. Have you ever felt that pressure of, I don't know, I mean, I guess extreme fame in a way and mm-hmm. fandom? How does that, how do you manage to sort of stay grounded and, and, and find some sort of peace? It's tough sometimes when you're in those moments to like remember to, you know, it's such a cliche thing, but remember to stop and smell the flowers and appreciate those moments. You know, a lot of times you're just speeding through them um, and you and you aren't really uh, in it. You know, it's kind of living in the moment. It's hard to live in the moment with anything Mm. Um, as far as like staying grounded. I think like, you know, uh, my family is what does that for me and kind of always has. Cause you know, no matter, no matter what we've done uh, over the years, I come home and I still just dad taking out the trash and driving my kids to school and reminding, you know, my, my boys to do their homework or whatever, you know, like <laughs> my, my family just doesn't view me as, a, as, as uh, it doesn't put me on a pedestal, you know, mm. um, uh, thankfully. So that's, that's kind of what it's always been for me. Mm. It's a trip though. You know, we're, we've been, Getting ready. We're doing another tribute show uh, here in LA pretty soon in about a week and a half, and and we've been getting ready for that. And you know, it's, I think it's going to be a, a good one too. It'll be kind of a, a pretty different lineup, but uh, I feel like having gone through the Wembley one, and I don't think this next one's going to be live streamed. So it's you know it's I'm, I'm going to really try to like just you know have my eyes open and and yeah. and be in it. Eckhart Toll vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins, and um, we'll be watching. We'll be supporting you in spirit. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, of course, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I'll see you on YouTube, boys. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, where's Arsenal finishing this year, by the way? Hey, man, like, if we just finish top four, I'm happy. If we finish fifth again, are you saying Arteta out? I'm not saying Arteta out. 
because, uh, you know, I think like when you look at last season, especially when you watch the show and you you sort of take into account like all the injuries Mm. and and COVID and all just all the weird stuff, I think the way you see Arsenal stick with Arteta Mm. and, um, and not, you know, put too quick a judgment on on what he's done is really paying dividends now mm-hmm. you know he's finally mm-hmm. weeded out a bunch of the players that he didn't want and got a bunch of good players in and um and they're jiving with with the with the players that are still there and it seems like elevating everybody's game um mm. so it re- it's just there's so many variables variables you know i think it just depends on the circumstance if they lose out on top four um for good reason if let's say all of their best guys get injured at the World Cup and the back half of the season turns into a disaster. I mean, I don't know. Is, is that Arteta's fault? Or is that just like a tough draw, you know? Hmm. But if it's strategically his fault or something, then I guess that's a different story. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't like the way teams switch managers all the time. Yes, I think for, yes, there's definitely. something to be said for hmm. some consistency and, like, and letting, like football letting manager a guy Tinder. realize his vision. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. But it's like, yeah, like Abramovich knows it's on Tinder, just like managers, like just swiping, swiping. You've got to get into a relationship once in a while. Uh, do you know what I mean? I know. Because, I mean, that, that's, that's a really good example, though. You look at, at, at Chelsea, and, you know, obviously we're not privy to the inner workings of that club, but, like, you know, Tuchel directs, or you would think he directed all the transfer business they just did and then they fire him right after they sign all these players that you know I, mean, I don't know it's it's hard to imagine that that, that that's going to be a good thing ultimately i don't know mm-hmm. we'll see mm-hmm. i hope it's not a good thing for them to be yeah. honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean chris it's been a pleasure talking to you man yeah thank you thank you so much so fun you guys i appreciate it thanks for oh, having me it's, not, it's a real yeah, treat well, to, you know, to come do this i feel like a rock star yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, rock star. I performed in a. Uh, I feel like Macarena. A rock star that wants to eat potatoes and have kids. Soon. <laughs> I am getting to that's that right. stage. Yeah, I'm at my latter rock star yeah. stage right it's now. Coming. You know. Hey, when I see you guys off camera, yeah. you know, next year or when you guys come out to a show, I'll tell you all the you yes. know ah. pre kid rock stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yo, maybe I'll stay single then for a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Chris. Uh, man. Thank you, bro. Thanks for coming, and you know, thanks to our friends at Classic Football Shirts for providing us with the beautiful kits you're seeing on screen. People, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Right, this has right. been stripped brought to you by William Hill. Yeah, Eighteen plus, please gamble responsibly. <laughs> <laughs>